Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 Ooh, we're still spooky. We're wearing out this theme like we've worn out our welcome. <laughs> sure, look, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. This week, we're just back. We've just flown back from the DC Fandrome. So we've got all sorts of DC stuff to look at, lot, li- including but not limited to the Batman trailer, the other Batman trailer, a further <laughs> Batman trailer, and <laughs> The Rock. The Rock is up to something as well. But not only that, Benjamin, there's also TV because... uh DC are catching up with the whole Marvel thing, so they're going to do a TV show about one of their famous characters. But that's not all, Benjamin, because DC aren't the only fandrome in town, because I have seen, but you haven't, the new film Venom Let There Be Carnage. Thank God for that, Michael. At least one of us had to see it. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough for you, we'll be taking a look at bloody werewolves in pop culture, Michael. Where have Ooh. all the good wolves gone? Oh, so are spooky. werewolves even scary anymore? Oh, so oh, spooky. Very spooky. Oh. Benjamin, you, you say every week, if that weren't enough for you. Funnily enough, this week probably would be enough because of the DC fandrome. So much bloody fandrome, Michael. So too much, some people would say. So let's just get right into it, Ben, with the first Batman trailer. Go on there, Michael. Michael, Michael, Michael. Yes. Go on. Go on. Uh, okay, all right. Well, I get it. Will I? Will I? It's, Matt, it's yeah, Matt, Matthew Reeves, Ben. Matthew Reeves. He's doing Batman. <laughs> Benjamin, I, I tell you what. I, we, we put it up on the Discord and... Some of our good friends were looking at it, and my opinion is pretty much the same as everyone else. There's just not a lot to get excited about in this trailer, is there? Un- unless, unless you're deeply just, unless you just get a bad heart on every once in a while. No, there mm. is, there's not a whole lot to get involved in. There's uh, not too much to get excited about. So here's the thing, Michael. So far, yes, this doesn't have to be a Batman film. Go on. Based on the trailer, it's it's a vengeance film. Yeah, it's it's very clearly a fuck you crime. Get out um, of your crime! I've no time for it. But it uh, there's nothing that's necessarily marking out as a necessary Batman film. Well, there's um, the Joker, Ben. Well, there isn't. It, there is no, there not the Joker. The, the other fella. The other. It's the, the fella that's like the Joker. The Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Riddler, the, Michael. But they're not. How do I put this, Michael? I don't know, Benjamin. It's up to you. How do you put it? It's just a pulp story so far, Michael. From from the looks of the trailer. It's very much to me and to my mind, to both my mind and my mind's eye, Ben. It's just throwing yes. me right back to um, Batman Begins. It's Batman Begins Begins Again. Yeah, Batman Begins Begins Again, but this time with a bit of noir. Yeah, yeah, Batman Begins Loved Begins him. Again, but this time with a bit of noir and a little bit of the grotesquerie from the the olden day Batman. Yeah, a classic like, oh, his face is weird, he's probably a villain. Yeah, ugly people are definitely the villains and attractive people are the heroes. Absolutely, <laughs> going off that trailer, Michael, absolutely. <laughs> We've Benjamin. got one Robert Pattinson. You've got Robert Pattinson, he's a very handsome Batman. We've got one Bloody Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz, a notoriously attractive catwoman, Ben. And then they've they've hired attractive people to be the ugly characters too. This is something I don't get. Why do you get the Farreler? Is the Farreler such a good actor that you want him to be the penguin rather than getting someone who, you know, looks and sounds like that character rather than making it's like um it's like jared leto in the gucci 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 film yes why didn't why didn't they just hire an old man instead of jared leto he doesn't have to be in costume michael what's going on (laughs) was joe pesci busy for the batman film what are they doing they've essentially dressed colin farrell up and been like did you see robert de niro in anything yeah Yeah. did you see robert de niro in the irishman do that but pour on a bit of bitter <laughs> yeah, and see where it gets you. And then we got a weird Brooklyn Colin Farrell. Very strange ah, choice. Very strange choice. Very strange choice to cast a face actor not using his face. <laughs> it is. What are they it's doing? What are they doing? Choice. Yeah, but um, it's all, it's, it's rain and it's realistic cities and it's a cool Batmobile. It's just, you know, it, I, I can't say I'm excited about it though, Ben. I, I did enjoy, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Michael, I did enjoy, I did enjoy 
a little bit of bulletproof bat for no reason. I was like, that's that's not practical. What's he wearing? That's, is he wearing? That's, yeah. Is he wearing chain armor? What's, what's going on? What's he on? wearing? What's he wearing, Ben? Why are those um, point-blank assault rifle bullets just bouncing off him? Isn't he worried about a, one of them going under his cowl? Or the, Yeah, the, the, the large gap between, you know, chin and nose. Very strange. Very bulletproof. Very bulletproof, Michael. Um, it looks like he's going to be a real a real scrapper, Michael. Yeah, he's going to come up uh, and he's going to punch you in the head. And that's interesting. But you're right. There's not a whole lot to sink our teeth into there, Michael. I, I will admit, I will admit, I got a little Go caught on. up in the trailer, Michael. I, I don't mind telling you. I got a little caught up. But, Michael, you've sobered me up. And upon reflection, you're right. There's not a whole lot to sink our teeth into. There's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to get involved in there, Benjamin. You probably got more involvement than I did because you are, at the end of the day, a real bat boy, a bat stan. You you just love bat- Batman. You're mad for Batman, Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of Batman, there's another Batman film coming. This one with a little bit of the Flash in it. <laughs> this is this is Batman, but in the past, and also that guy is there. Yes, Benjamin. A couple of things came to mind in this trailer. First of all, our good friend Shane, well, my friend and your nemesis, Shane. Yes. He has a large house in the countryside, and I think he's really missed a beat by not calling it Shane Manor. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Shane, if you're out there, it's time. It's time to change the deed, but Time to change the name of your house to Shane Manor. Benjamin, it, it, looks, like, uh, it looks like there's two Ezra Millers going on. It does. There's... Does that mean... Does that mean twice as many Icelandic women are going to get choked? Uh, almost certainly. Very almost good. certainly, Michael. That's... Why does Ezra Miller still have a career after that event? That's not I don't right. know. He's so weird. He's such a weird guy. He is. He's a very weird guy. He's, he's I don't so think weird. he's a good person, Michael. He, seems he slammed that woman into the concrete. It wasn't good, Michael. He seems a bit strange. He seems like a strange fellow. Benjamin, Come here are, there two, are there two of them in this? Or is it another fellow who looks a bit like him? There, I, I think we're going to get look Michael the, my fundamental question here is is this earned like is, 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 have we earned a multiverse flash movie without ever having really had a flash movie to begin with Benjamin I think you are not the only one who's going to be asking that I think the general public once they get through Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness and Spider-Man and the multiverse of madness by the time this comes out in two years everyone's going to be going oh so DC's in the multiverse too are many multiverses, Michael. Too many multiple multiverses. And as you know, the famous saying goes, too many multiverses spoil the narrative. Spoil the broth, I think it is. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. And it's usually chefs, not flashes. Yes. But yes, still, exactly. uh, I don't feel that Ezra Miller can carry a film. That's why they have Batman as the primary focus of the trailer. And two Ezra Millers. So they've they've doubled him up in hopes to make up for the lack of of leading man star quality. Exactly. <laughs> you know what you need in your film? Two Ezra Millers. The, the Icelandic women everywhere are shaking in their boots. Michael. Yeah, only two of them though. All the rest are it fine. It turns out, Michael, that it's actually a, a sleeper slasher thriller trailer where it's like, just when you thought they were safe, Ezra found a buddy. And Benjamin just a bunch of Icelandic women running out of Iceland like, oh. 90% of Icelandic women that I've met would kick the shit out of Ezra Miller <laughs> I think 90% of the people you've met could kick the shit out of Ezra yeah, Miller yeah yeah definitely, they'd definitely beat him up for sure not, ben, not me but you know no 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 well I mean I think that'd be a good match actually I think that I'd pay to see that <laughs> ben, for, ben versus Ezra Miller Miller Ben representing wronged Icelandic women and Ezra Miller <laughs> representing some sort of vague misogyny. Don't they have like gods or something they can turn to? In that they can send. Occasion? They can send Thor. Ben. Yeah. It's weird though, isn't it? It's like it, the whole thing looks and feels like season four of the Flash TV series. It does indeed. And the other thing is, it's it's as you said, Batman heavy. It's it's you know at the end there he pulls the cloth off something. I'm assuming it's the bloody Batmobile. It's the Batmobile, Ben. It's the Batmobile. It's the original Batmobile, the best one. The 1989 why you, one. Why wouldn't you just show that in your trailer, Michael? Probably wasn't finished. Because, <laughs> yeah, then all we got at the end was in production. In production. Coming eventually. Allegedly. I, I really enjoy that where, where DC is like, yeah, let's have a giant fan event, right? Where we get people hyped up and then just not tell them when anything's coming out. Because, because just, nothing's ready. 
Speaking of things which are not ready, Ben, yeah. we've also seen the trailer for uh, Black Adam, which allegedly is happening. Yeah, that film that's definitely real and not a myth. Mm. Look, oh, this this is the one that... Okay, so first of all, I hate the format that we got that presented us, uh, to us in. The, the format was very much... Um, I've never been part of something this big. Hang on, I'm going to have to let the dog out here to pee. I'm really sorry. Um, otherwise, she's going to pee everywhere, Michael, and that's going to be a disaster. Oh, this isn't oh. podcast banter. This no, this is, isn't uh, podcast. This is I'm behind really the sorry. curtain stuff. Yeah. All right, don't pause. Don't pause. Just keep going. I won't. I'll just keep going. So, Michael, one of my least favorite movie hype techniques is, is utilized in, in the four-minute teaser that we got for this, which is, do you know what, guys? I've never worked on a project this big. Isn't he in the Fast and Furious franchise, though, Ben? Pierce Brosnan? No. Oh, James Bond. <laughs> yeah, he keeps going on. He's like, I, I've been on four James Bond films. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who cares how big the movie production is? Yeah. Do, are people sitting there going, oh, I heard this one was big. Oh, man, too, that's crazy, isn't it? Too big to fail, Ben. Like the Titanic. And like but, the Lehman Brothers. <laughs> That's a 2007 joke for you there. I was always gonna, I was always going to make a very off-color joke there, Michael. But I held myself back. Um, but anyway, Michael, one of my least favorite tactics is, oh, this is the biggest thing I've ever worked on, and we got so much of that crap in this thing. We got it from Pierce. We got yeah. it from all the other lads. Uh, we got it from The Rock, who's like, this is my passion project. This is what I really care about. Nobody cares, lads. Show us the teaser. Show us, Show us the teaser. The teaser was actually fun. He did a, yeah, he did a Shazam on someone. I suppose, Michael, if Shazam had been more successful, right, and had was, built up... It was pretty successful. Uh, yeah, but what, what I mean in, in, in the sense is that it, if it had had... Uh, kind of a, a cultural impact or a landmark you could have had a really nice play on the Shazam scene where he kind of descends and is a good guy and then you get this Shazam Black Adam who's like I'm gonna fry you and it's like, mm. yeah. I think we might we might get that though because isn't the whole point of Black Adam that he's a failed Shazam I think the whole point of Black Adam is that he's a uh, He's an overzealous. He's a, yeah. He's an overzealous Shazam. I, mm. I I think theoretically he's a, just a giant dictator in in mm. waiting. I mean that's what he is in the comics. I don't I don't know. He's the you Scorpion know. King, Ben. He's the Scorpion King, Michael. But now he has a hood. Yeah, Benjamin. Speaking of half form trailers, we also got half form trailers for Aquaman. What else is going on under the sea? And Shazam. There's more Shazam. What's uh, how many Shazams are there? I can't think of humorous names for either of them. So, so Michael, in terms of Shazam 2 Electric Boogaloo, which is the most appropriate use of that joke I think I've ever made. Probably, um, yeah, because he's always doing electricity. Yeah, absolutely. So for finally, fitting, I can put it to rest now. It's over. But they seem to have gone darker. Yeah, always go they, darker on the second film, Ben. But they're DC, Michael. They, they don't learn. You don't go dark with DC because it just doesn't work. They never learn, Ben. Learning isn't what the point of DC Fandrome. What's what's the point? Then? Just keep chugging away, making the same mistakes over and over again. <laughs> it's a it's an annual celebration. If just keep chugging away, making the same mistakes over and over again, repeat your errors. Yes, just keep repeating them until they come full circle and come good. Benjamin, Helen yes. Mirren will be in anything these days, won't she? She she will. She'll just. <laughs> why why not, Michael? Why not, Michael? You're one oh, yeah, of the, I would. You're one of the icons of British, you know, stage and screen. And you've you've done all the good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like she's Dame Helen Mirren, right? You can't you can't touch that, right? And then why not just say, Yep, yeah, I'll do that project. Yep, yeah, I'll do that project. Yep, yeah, I'll do that project. I'll be in any Shazams or Fasts and Furiouses that you want me to be in. She's in the Fast and Furious, Michael. Why is she there? She's in it. Well, she's she... chasing she's chasing Sherlock's dad. No, Jason Statham's mum. No, the Dublin gap player, Jason yeah. Sherlock's mum. Local <laughs> reference for you there for the international <laughs> listeners. Benjamin, Lucy Lou's yeah. in it as well. She's in it, and she's not even talking in the trailer. Uh, why would she? So we didn't even get to see Dwayne the Rock Johnson in costume in the Shazam trailer, Michael, or in the Black Adam trailer, Michael. Yes, we did. You get, you know, no, you don't. You get to see him covered in, in the thing, and you barely get to see his face. They pull out before he. Does the big face reveal? Mm. 
<laughs> that combination of words is going to get us into trouble with some sort of automatic sensor, Ben. Why? What did I say? You said pull out before you do the big face reveal. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, we're no. definitely going to get auto struck by YouTube we're subtitles now. I tell you one thing that I'm very excited for from DC fandom, though. Go on. We got bloody John Cena. That's the most interesting one, Ben, because a it's the most fully formed. Yes. B, it seems to have its own identity. It seems to have an identity, a fully formed identity that doesn't need talking heads saying, oh, this is going to be great. It's just, here it is. Look, it's good. Here's some of the jokes. Hopefully not all of the jokes. Hopefully not. No, I don't. But I don't think so. I think we're going to have a a fairly on the nose. Isn't America great? No, you don't. Um, And we're we're probably going to go through that a little bit. But it's. Uh, Michael, they made the right decision there. They're like, we have one of arguably the most charismatic WWE performers of all time. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> no, you would think, but no. Yeah. Uh, John Cena. And why don't we just let him do all the work instead of having a bunch of people sit around and say, oh God, this is going to be bloody brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. It's... I'm Pierce Brosnan and I think this is going to be brilliant. I don't know if I'm in it or not. I'm starting to go a bit senile, but oh, it's probably going to be good. It's probably going to be class, lads. Probably going to be class. Um, So, in that particular case, Michael, it's, you know, it's just going to be better, I think. I think we got to see characters return from Suicide Squad. The little handler squad is made up of people that we've already met. Yes. And then John John Cena's bloody in it. Who doesn't love John Cena? Um, Are we going to get a little, are we going to get a little Deadpool parody? In Vigilante? Do you think that's what's going on? It's hard. One of the things that really is tricky about DC is how close all of these characters are to the versions that have been on TV for the last five years. Because Vigilante has been in Arrow. for Yeah, and Supergirl, I think. I didn't know that. Practically the same costume. But it's interesting that we're not seeing any face. Do you think it's Ryan Reynolds? I think there's going to be some sort of twist. There's going to be a Making twist. His then. first DC cameo. It's going to uh, be a twist. Who could it be, Michael? Is it Joel Kinnaman? It's Joel oh, Kinnaman. that'd be good. He's too small. That'd Benjamin, I like the eagle. The eagle is my favorite character. Eagly, yeah. So we got, we did get a little teaser about a week and a bit ago, Michael, that we missed on this here pop culture podcast. Shame on us. Shame on us. That's what it's Where... called. Is it the podcast? Shame on us. Uh, no, that's Shane on us, and it's uh, a podcast where Shane does reviews of this podcast and just says that we're terrible. Yeah, scathing. Scathing, Michael. Scathing reviews from Shane. So we got a little teaser where he meets his handler team in a diner, and they make fun of the way he names his bird, <laughs> which mm. is Eagly. His name is Eagly. Eagly, Eagly the, the Eagle. eagle. Yeah, oh, that's and they name. make fun of him. They're like, "That's a terrible name." He's like, "You're just jealous. You don't have an eagle." Um, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with John Cena. Mm. They're probably I didn't just actually, jealous they don't have an eagle. I didn't actually see John Cena in the trailer at all. He's very, very easy to miss. Very easy to miss, Michael. It's his whole shtick. It's his whole shtick. <laughs> see what I've done? I've done a favorite. I've done a WWE joke. Ben, was there anything else from the fandrome that was worth talking about? Oh, I don't think so, Michael. We saw the trailer for Suicide Squad fights against Suicide against the Justice League, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We probably won't even look at that, to be honest. That's a video game, Michael. It's a video game. It's a video game. It's coming out and they're going to be fighting the Justice League. They'll probably lose if they try and fight the Justice League because there's only four of them, Ben, and they don't really have superpowers. They're just a bunch of schlubs. Yeah, four schlubby boys. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of not learning a lesson... And just repeating all of the same mistakes again. Guess what I went to see the other day? What did you go to see the other day, Michael? I went to see, Ben, the film Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Is it called Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage? Or is it just called Venom, Let There Be Carnage? I think it's called Venom, Let There Be Carnage. But it wouldn't shock me if they came up with a clunker like Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Venom, Let There Be Carnage 2. Wait, what? (laughs) Venom, Let There Be... Yes, Venom, let there be the the number two carnage. Yeah, that sounds about right, isn't it? Now, Ben, I'll tell you what, I went to see it. I, okay. I, I, made, I made the unusual choice of going to see it in a matinee, Ben. Excuse me, Michael, a matinee? A matinee in the afternoon, in the middle of the afternoon. It's about quarter past one on the Saturday, Ben. And the, probably the most amusing thing about the whole film is entirely unrelated to the film, but I'm going to tell you anyway, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. It was full of families. 
and oh, and no. dads and dads with toddlers. Oh no! So I went in, Ben. I went in with our good friend Shane, and we said to ourselves, "These children are going to be scared fucking shitless by this film because it's fifteens. Yeah. It's fifteens, and it's about big grubbly monster men who want to eat your brains and serial killer boys." And serial killer boys and, and scary women with a one buggly eye. And I tell you what, Ben, <laughs> the, the kids getting freaked out and having to leave were fun and more enjoyable than the film, that's for sure. Oh, Yes. You got, to, you got to snack on some delectable childhood trauma there. <laughs> we, got to see, we got to see some children experiencing their first bit of childhood trauma. Uh, Benjamin, I think my favourite line was, Please, Daddy, take me home. Please don't make me watch it. That was that was actually Shane talking to you. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the first time I've ever heard Daddy, please take me home and thought it was funny rather than exciting. Oh, Mick. <laughs> Shame on you. Ah, that was a good joke. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, it's not for kids, first of all. It's not for yeah, kids. Okay. It's not Fair for enough. kids. You don't Don't take kids to it. It's uh, it's ill-advised to take kids to it because it is a big grubbly monster movie. Ben, did you like the first one? Not particularly. I can't say oh, it then you, me in any great sense. You, pro- you probably won't like this one either then because they're about the same. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, per- perhaps the most criminal thing. About- so, Ben, there's Venom. There's Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. And he's down on his luck and... You know, he's Venom is in him and Venom wants to fight baddies, but he wants to just live a normal life of a Hollywood reporter. And okay. for some reason, for some reason, Ben, and this is never addressed, but for some reason, Cletus Cassidy is obsessed with him. And it's never addressed. Never addressed. And Cletus Cassidy manages to give Eddie Brock a little bite, Ben. Oh, yeah. Okay. And when he gives him a little bite, he gets some of his blood and then he has a symbiote as well. Oh, goodness. Look at that there now. Yeah, and then for some reason that symbiote wants to kill Venom. Why, Ben? It's never addressed. Don't worry about it. What do you mean it's never addressed? It's never addressed, These are Ben. crucial never... plot points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, don't worry about it. And Benjamin, Eddie Brock, or not Eddie Brock, Cletus' girlfriend when they were young and in the mental institute. And he okay. and he thinks she's dead. Um, and it turns out she's not dead, he finds out. So he wants to go and... Get out of town. He wants to go and rescue her, Ben. And then have a wedding and then kill Eddie Brock and, and Venom. Here's a little twist, though, Ben. His girlfriend from, from when they were in the mental institute together, she has sonic screaming powers. That's not good for symbiotes. No, it's not great for symbiotes, Ben. Why does she have sonic screaming powers? Don't worry, it's never addressed. Michael, should this film be called Venom 2? Don't worry, it's never addressed. Don't worry, it's never addressed. Benjamin, I feel that this was a yes. three-hour movie that cut down, got cut down to a 90-minute movie. I mean, uh, do you know what, Michael? I wanted it to be good. Yeah, it's not. This is very disappointing. It's not. It's not good. There, there are some good moments, Ben. Okay, go on. Are we doing full spoilers? Well, okay, let's go into full spoilers. Full old spoilers now. Full spoilers, Ben. We're going to full spoilers now. Because it's 15s, Ben, I think, there is a bit of salty language. And almost all of the salty language comes from Venom and is quite funny. Oh, well, that's... Something. Because it's Tom Hardy talking to an imaginary voice in his head, and the imaginary voice in his head is quite aggressive and salty and, and humorous. It's Tom Hardy. It's Tom. Did I say Tom Holland? No, you said Tom oh, Hardy. Did I? No, as yeah, in yeah. It's, the voice in his head is Tom yeah, Hardy. Yeah, there are two Tom Hardys. Two Tom Hardys having an argument, and one of them's a bit salty, and that's humorous, Benjamin. For example, Ben, there's, there's a scene which is spoiled in the trailers where they're having their final showdown. Because Venom, oh, yes. Venom and Carnage only meet once in this, Ben, believe it or not. Get fucked. I won't, but yeah, 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 it's it's no use. So they only meet once, and the, the only time they meet is their fight. There's no there's no development of the bond between them or what they mean to each other or oh. why Venom. Why, why, does, why does Carnage want to kill Venom? Don't worry, Ben, it's never developed. What in God's name were they thinking? I don't know, Benjamin. I think it's a three-hour film that got cut down to 90 minutes. So oh, there's a there's a scene in the trailer, Ben, where Venom sees Carnage for the first time and says, and he's going, he's getting ready to go and fight him, and then he sees Carnage and says, "No, it's a red one," and then hides. Yeah, and so I was, I was just about to ask you about that. What's what's the deal? Oh, don't worry, Ben. It's never revealed. Oh, <laughs> it's never revealed. We don't know what's special about a red one. Why is a red one more worrying? He doesn't doesn't uh, 
They're it's ob- insane. They're obviously because I, I wouldn't even mind, right, Michael? But you you've been handed the the perfect opportunity to address that by the first film, where it's made clear that there's a weird caste system going on mm. in the symbiote world, yeah. where color matters. Mm. Okay, and that's not what we're saying here on this podcast, Michael, because the true line of this podcast has never been color matters. No, that would be a bit But racist, in the Venom though. universe, in the symbiote world, color matters. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. whole thing. Except it doesn't. They don't. There's no need to explain it. And there's lots of weird. Oh. There's lots. Of, but there is a great joke where Venom says, "Ben, Venom says to Eddie, he says, Eddie finally convinces him. Okay, come on, I know it's a red one, but we'll eat them. We'll eat their brains if we win. And come on, we can do it." And Venom then goes over, he goes back over Eddie's face and says, Okay, time to die. And Eddie says, That's the spirit. And Venom says, No, I mean us. We're going to die. And there are moments like that which are quite funny and quite well delivered by two Tom Hardys. But they're by two Tom Hardys. Much better than two Ezra Millers. Yes, yeah. Very few uh, Icelandic women get choked in it. That's good. Um, (laughs) It's it's full of moments like that, Ben. There's uh, during the climactic battle. So we're going to go full spoilers here. During the climactic battle, it appears as though Carnage's girlfriend is having a change of heart. But it also appears as though whatever might have caused her to have a change of heart has been cut out of the edit. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, that classic kind of thing. One of my biggest problems with it, Ben, is it's a misunderstanding of Venom and Carnage as characters. Because Venom, Ben, as you well know... Mm-hmm. Venom's powers in the comic books are basically bigger, stronger Spider-Man. Yes, because he based his genetic structure on yeah. Spooderman. So he's swinging around on webs. He's sticking to walls. He's, you know, he's doing a flip and a kick. And every now and then he'll do something globby with the tentacles, but not every time. Like most of the time, yeah. he's just a bigger, stronger, yeah. faster Spider-Man. Yeah, and, that's the deal. And that's the threat to Spider-Man, and that's what makes him interesting. In some ways, I mean, Ben, no great fans of we are we of the the hero just fighting a dark, bigger version of themselves. It's it's lazy writing, Michael. It's 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 a step down from big grey monster man. Exactly. It's it's practically the same thing. Except it's a evil version of themselves. And and Carnage, Ben, in the comic books, of which you are an avid yes. reader and collector is generally smaller than Venom, first of all. He's a slim boy. He's a little tiny, skinny, little gross fella. Yeah. And he leans a little bit less on the Spider-Man powers. He still has them, but he's not really using them as much. He's more about tendrils and and blades and hooks and all that sort of gross stuff. Yeah, so 100%, like, visually speaking, uh, Venom sticks very close to the Power Man set, whereas Carnage is its own beast and he's a much more powerful version of venom in the comics because he's got all the tendrils and the hooks and the blades and all that sort of stuff he's yeah he's stronger than him in general he has like big shape 50 powers and he can make a blade and cut you up and you know that's the whole thing and one of the whole points of carnage is that he he takes spider-man and venom to stand a chance against him yes there there has to be a team up exactly but in this ben he's just a bigger globbier version of venom again Boo. Because Venom's already doing the globs. He's already doing tendrils and, and stuff. So when Carnage yeah. is doing it, and I think the worst mistake they could have made was making him bigger. Is he bigger He's again? way bigger. He's like nearly so, twice as big as Venom. So it's just Riz Ahmed again. It's just Riz Ahmed again. It's Riz Ahmed, but it's not Riz Ahmed. It's Woody Harrelson from Natural Born Killers. And what's Woody Harrelson like? Is he any good? Have you ever is seen Natural Born and... Killers? have yeah yeah he's that oh <laughs> it's just such so a waste it's such a waste come here to me what's andy circus doing he's directing oh he's the boss he's, is he? he's doing he's saying all right everybody stand over there and tom you do an angry face now i was very confused because i saw an interview on wired magazine michael with mm. him and bloody tom hardy and i was like i didn't know andy circus was in venom 2 not electric boogaloo no Good, good, big globally men. Benjamin, I would be very surprised if Andy Serkis wasn't on set doing the voice of, of Venom. And then they redubbed it later with Tom Hardy to give Tom oh, Hardy okay, something makes, to work with. But Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's all just a bit, feels like a bit of a wasted opportunity. It, I mean, the whole Carnage storyline takes place essentially over an evening. 
Um, ah. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all for um, if Venom as a character is tied to Spider-Man and ha- his motivation comes from Spider-Man. I'm kind of all for the idea of Carnage as an, a- an accidental offspring that essentially has nothing to do with him. Yeah, okay. But because Venom isn't tied to Spider-Man in this, because Venom doesn't really have a motivation, then they mm. have to tie Carnage to Venom in the same way that the the original should have tied Venom to, to Spider-Man. So, so yeah. you have Cletus Cassidy who's obsessed with Eddie Brock rather than Eddie Brock being obsessed with Peter Parker. And you have Carnage being obsessed with killing Venom. But neither is ever justified or explained or... Doesn't make any sense because it, it is given justification in the the comics, um, Michael. It's it's an offspring thing. It's like a it's like baby spiders devouring the mother, or you know, for something like that. In the symbiote world, if you spawn, the spawn tries to kill you. That's the whole mm. thing because that's that's what they are. It's um, it's how symbiotes reproduce in the comics. Um, they create offshoot symbiotes and that's their child essentially or their offspring or whatever you want to call it it's very interesting that you've used the word spawn three times in that sentence because this feels every inch like spawn the movie spawn there's oh that's not there's good. tentacles everywhere there's people climbing up cathedrals in the dark it's it's very 90s it's very late 90s is it is his love interest still in it? She's in it, yeah. On? She's in it. She's back doing okay. kind of helping a little bit. Basically, it's it's very short, which is good. It was good for it's the trauma. Hour and thirty minutes. Hour and thirty minutes, which was great for the traumatized children. There were some children, Ben, who were a little bit too young to be scared by it. They were just like, "This is weird," and they were just saying, "Daddy, what's he doing now?" And then Daddy was going, "Well, oh, how do I explain it?" Eddie brought. Uh, Cletus is obsessed with Eddie and then children go why and the dad goes well if you just just, just watch we'll, we'll find out I tell you what Ben we don't find out never find no, out those toddlers they were onto a winner there they're like but why daddy why is he obsessed with Eddie and the dad was like <laughs> don't know don't know just watch it just be quiet watch the <laughs> the screenwriter's yeah. worst nightmare Michael the question why why <laughs> Just uh, it's just a big tornado of globblies. That's what you're watching. Wasted opportunity, Ben. Absolute wasted opportunity. The only thing of note about it is the post credit scene, which I assume you've already seen. I haven't. I haven't bothered Michael. Do you, um, do you want to hear it, Ben? This is where things could on, you... potentially go wrong. Mega, mega spoilers okay, now. In the post credit scene, Benjamin, for this film, mm. I, I, I might be sounding like I'm being too harsh here, by the way. I kind of enjoyed myself. It was an interesting experience. It was okay. the most interesting thing about it were the horrified screams of the children who shouldn't have been there. That was. That's very worrying, Michael. Yeah, they, sh- they shouldn't. Uh, they, I don't know why they're letting toddlers in, Ben. Why are you letting three year olds in to see Venom 2? I guarantee you those fathers were sent with their kids to watch Paw Patrol 6. Big pup in the little city or little pup in the big city. It doesn't matter which one it is. And they were just like, yeah, we'll go see that. I, I promise. I promise, and then yeah. they went in, they were like, I'm not, I'm not fucking watching Paw Patrol. No, we'll go see Venom <laughs> 2. That's a Spider-Man <laughs> thing, isn't it? That'll be fine. That's a, kids like Spider-Man. Kids like Spider-Man. Don't they? Kids like Spider-Man <laughs> turn into a big red murder tornado and biting people's heads off. But that's entirely possible because there are so many Spider-Man kids cartoons, Michael, that kids can watch and Venom's a character in those. So I'm sure parents are forced to kind of by sheer osmosis of being in the room, sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, Venom, okay, evil Spider-Man. So we'll go see that. We'll go see a Spider-Man thing. Yeah, we'll go see like, a oh, Spider-Man no. thing. Yeah, and they've seen him in Marvel Superhero Hour or whatever it's called, where he's yeah. this little chibi guy and he's like, oh, I'm a bit evil. And then you have this a bit evil. shrieking tornado of murder in Carnage, just killing people and kids going, ah, this is terrifying. <laughs> This is great, don't, is it? Don't take your kids to it. It's, they shouldn't see it. Ben, in the post credit yeah. scene, Eddie and v- v- Venom, they're, they're relaxing on a bed. And Venom oh, says, yeah. oh, you don't know what us symbiotes have been through. We've been through a lot across dimensions, across time and space, across oh, universes. No. And then And then Venom says, here, let me show you. And as he does that, Ben, some sort of wave passes over the room and he ends up somewhere completely different. And Venom says, what's this? What just happened? 
That's actually a pretty good Venom voice. By the that way. was a great Venom. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty spot on. Um, and Venom says, what is it? What just happened? And then the TV is on the on the background, Ben. And on the TV is the scene, the, the ho- ending scene from Spider-Man Homecoming. No, Far From Home. Oh, f- no, what's it oh. called? What was that one called? The most recent one. Far From Home. Was it Far From Home? Yes, it was. Yeah, because he was in Europe, remember? And Venom looks at the screen and goes, oh, I hate that guy. But what? But what has happened? Have they? And I'll tell you what has happened, Ben. They've tried to sideways move Venom into the MCU, um, and explain his obsession with Spider-Man away. In that the symbiotes are a hive mind, so some other past symbiote or different alternate universe symbiote is obsessed with Spider-Man. So this Venom is also obsessed with him. No. Yeah. No. You're not having it, Ben. No. Well, you have to have it because no. that's what's going on. And you can just start That's, looking forward no. to Morbius. I don't like Jared Leto. I don't want to support his career. I don't think the man should have one. It's better than Ezra Miller. Um, uh, no, actually, I think he might be worse. I think him and Ezra Miller are probably good mates. They should be in a film together where they play The Flash and Michael Morbius and they both fall in a bin and someone just puts a big brick on puts <laughs> a big puts brick a on big top brick. of the bin. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. They're like, ah, we're stuck in the bin. We're stuck in the bin. And Ezra Miller's um, like, use method acting to get us out, Jared. That's <laughs> Just method act as Oscar the Grouch and we'll find a way out of here. That's very disappointing as an end credit sequence, Michael. Very strange, Ben. Um, Clearly written by people who don't know what's going to happen. They only know about as much as we do. So they've gone, oh, well, is this... Is this the hive mind symbiote mind? Has Doctor Strange done something? Is this unrelated? It's it's vague enough that they can kind of say anything. I don't like it. But Venom's in I the MCU now. How are they going to fit Tom Hardy's weird acting choices into the MCU? How is that going to... I would kind of like that, to be honest. One, one of the okay. things I like about this series is how gross and horrible and twitchy and weird Eddie Brock is. He's very... Yeah, he's very weird and twitchy. He's mm. a weird guy. He's a weird, twitchy, horrible, sweaty, smelly-looking guy. And I like that about him. I like that he hasn't gone all... Like, look at Bruce Banner. He's just the epitome yeah. of cool when he's not he the is, Hulk. Yeah. He's, he is, yeah. He's the epitome of kind of slightly nerdy, cool dad. He's like, hey, I'm Bruce Banner. Look at me. I'm so sexy. Don't worry about my no, other person. I'm so person. socially awkward. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. Have you seen Black Widow? She's into me because I'm so, oh, I'm on the edge. I'm on the edge at all the time. Anything could happen at any minute. But I'm also pretty chill and laid back and nicely groomed. And then you have Tom He's Hardy coming in going. He's Bruce Banner. <laughs> He's the most chilled out Bruce Banner I've ever seen. He's just like the scrant. I'm Tom Hardy, man. <laughs> It's gross. Anyway, that's enough of that. What are we doing? What are we doing this week? Speaking of wasted opportunities, Michael. <clears throat> Very good. This week, we're taking a look at a fundamental question. Where have all the good wolves gone? Oh. Michael, it's Spooktober here. Spookoween. Spookoween. Uh, and we've been taking a look at some horror topics. On the very first week of this little series of ours, we had Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell explain to us why video games are the best, mo- are the best kind of vehicle for horror yes. in the modern era. And then in week number two, we took a look at hell in the uh, inner city, black exploitation, and big scary urban myths, mm. that kind of thing. Uh, so this week, Michael, we're going to be taking a look at the werewolf. And one of the things that we've noticed, Michael, in pop culture of late is that werewolves aren't really that scary anymore. Because they're cool and sexy now. They're cool and sexy now, Michael. And I want to know if that's a giant wasted opportunity. Spoiler alert, it kind of is. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I went I went digging around, Michael, to to um to have a look at this. I've looked at two of the most recent werewolf movies uh, that we have. So you'll be getting mini reviews of Werewolves Within and The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I watched The Wolf so of get... Snow Hollow too. Yeah. We should probably uh we should probably coordinate this better. <laughs> um we probably should, yeah. So I watched the uh the Wolf of Snow Hollow for that and there's there's good reason for that. I've done quite a bit of uh, research into this topic, Michael. So if we look, right? Yes. All the way back to the olden like times. Early werewolves in gothic horror. Mm. Okay, and we've talked about gothic horror before, Michael, on this little mini series. We talked about, you know, big spooky mansions and, oh, are, we are destitute. We should move to the old family manor. My wife's not having the best of times. Mm. Ooh, spooky, scary ghosts. I hope that doesn't affect her. 
Mm. Um, and then it inevitably does. Uh, but Gothic Horror also has other uh, themes within it, Michael, other than, you know, the sins of the past and generational trauma and all these fun little things. Ghosts. Didn't have a name then. Ghosts. Um, but we also had a couple of different narratives, Michael, like oh, a werewolf. Oh, look at that big bloody wolf over there. Oh, that's very scary. Oh, I hope he doesn't um, do a murder on someone. Um, now, werewolves, Michael, have a mythological origin. Um, they're quite similar to vampires in terms of every culture seems to have their own version mm. of, a, of a werewolf. Um, if you'd like a little Irish tidbit, what we call them in Irish, Michael, is Cunrucht. Oh. And Cunrucht are, are kind of warrior wolves oh. from back in the day. Um and yes, they're they're an interesting little subset of Irish mythology, and it, there's little hints from different cultures as to to how they happen, how they occur, um, in a lot of, um, in a lot of kind of Central American and South American um, mythology. They are seventh sons of seventh sons. So oh. the seventh child born in a lineage is, is a werewolf and it's all spooky and scary. If you go further into Northern America and Native American mythology, you've run into the skinwalker myth, which is <laughs> no good. Uh, skinwalkers are demonic shapeshifters that have kind of given up their humanity in a really nasty way. Um, and that ties a little bit in with the Wendigo myth. But all around the world, Mike, we get different versions uh, in different cultures. And then slowly the concept of the western werewolf kind of emerged in english fiction and what we got was a beast and fundamentally that's what a werewolf is it's a big scary beast with little or no control Mm. okay Um, and in the traditional myths michael you only had to deal with a werewolf once a month okay you had your full moon out came the werewolf rah 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 oh no, I've killed somebody, you transform back into a human and go, what have I done? Why don't I remember? So you'd have this big dramatic kind of uh, creature. And that's fundamentally how that narrative went along until the 1970s. So you would have your werewolf, generally they would transform and unleash their inner beast. Yes, like John Cena. The beast would go off and do, yes, John Cena, do, 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 um. They would go off, do a ton of damage, Michael. And then the person would wake up with little to no memory of the event. Yeah, no. So what we used to get, Michael, in in werewolf format was you would have a narrative of someone who was describing their affliction of lycanthropy. And then they would generally black out. And in their next journal entry, they would say, it's happened again, dear reader. I've transformed and devoured. Mm. So the the original werewolf, Michael, is characterized by an absolute loss of control, a complete savagery. Um, that would come to embody lots of themes that were being discussed at the time. Um, man versus nature, the loss of connection uh, between man and nature, this kind of thing. Mm. And w- what it came to symbolize was werewolves are a manifestation of the primordial primal past that humanity is striving to move away from and when those two things come into conflict in a modern context terrible things happen terrible things ben you can't civilize the beast you can't civilize the beast michael and that's probably best exemplified by those older kind of horror films like the wolfman and stuff like that he's an uncontrollable beast doesn't really have a lot of choices he's just out there to to rip people to shreds and, and give them a go and uh if you're looking for a more modern example of that um dr stephen j cadwell has mentioned it a few times on this podcast it's the bbc3 series um being human oh where, uh, where that nerd is a werewolf yeah ghost a vampire and a werewolf cohabit together in brighton i think and a mummy in the uk um no there's no mummy and there's a no seaman nope there's no seaman I thought I saw some semen. Nope. Oh. Uh, that's it from us this week. <laughs> Don't hop up on the Discord. Hop up on it. Hop on it. It's going to be nasty. There's all sorts um, of gross jokes. So, in Being Human, uh, George is the werewolf. That's his name. And he's a very mild-mannered young man. But once a month, Michael, he chains himself up in the basement because he loses all control, doesn't have a lot of memory, and he turns into a big painful beast and he tries to kill everybody. Mm, like Oz in Buffy. Like Oz and Buffy, exactly. Another classic example of a modern um, 
classic werewolf mm. if you want okay now michael what happens then is we get a kind of a, a cultural shift go on that occurs so in the 1960s everyone was taking drugs we saw uh, everyone was taking drugs michael free love and we saw a shift away from the individualist american myth so that is to say the the idea that you know you can make something of yourself. You do the old bootstrap pulling, as the Republicans like to refer to it, Michael. Um, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can carve your own destiny, manifest destiny. All these strange kind of Benjamin, you know, concepts that we had. Yes. Republicans don't say pull yourself up by your bootstraps. They say up the ra. Ah, yes. Well, that's a very different kind. I think of you're Republican. mixing your Republicans up. I'm mixing my Republicans up. But generally, Michael, there was a narrative in the, the 40s and, and 50s of being a self-made man again. You know, the, the American dream is in full effect. Then we got the 60s, Michael. Yes. And we got um, very much uh, branching into uh, hippiedom and, you know, communal sharing and society and making it better and working together and but you know, stuff. all of these kinds of things came out but stuff mm-hmm. but stuff was made famous in the 60s you're absolutely right yes. michael yeah um and then in the 70s we saw that pushed a little bit further and that they have been kind of but during that process the werewolf myth goes through its own kind of transformation <laughs> what, did you, what did you say there? You said that we see I could push further and <laughs> okay, I just lost the I lost the track of my own mouth there, sorry. Um we saw we saw the werewolf myth kind of push through a, a brand new transformation. Oh, very and good. you'll excuse the transformation oh, very clever. with the werewolf myth. Very clever. But what we see, Michael, is the emergence of a werewolf with consciousness. Mm. So if the traditional werewolf is characterized by a complete loss of control um almost like a, a almost like the human mind dying and then coming back at the end of each transformation yes and being re- replaced wholesale by something what we see then is the emergence of werewolf with a conscience mm. or uh werewolf with a drive or werewolf with goals mm. this this kind of concept of it and what we see in that michael is the emergence of the the new sexy werewolves mm. that were forced to consume on an almost daily basis. So, one of my favorite tropes in a lot of fiction is, especially when we're doing like crossover werewolves and zombies and everything inhabiting in the same universe. One of my favorite tropes is that oh, you really don't want to fuck with werewolves werewolves are the thing you don't fuck with like werewolves are a big threat in some of these narratives things like dylan dog or being human or something like this like werewolves are the uncontrollable beast that nobody can get a hold on ben are we going to talk about underworld oh yes we are (laughs) oh how exciting yes we are so there you go you've hit the nail on the head michael you've transitioned me into to underworld underworld is a perfect example of this you have the civil kind of civilized vampire aristocracy and like well we're the we're the overlords oh, we're the hello. i'm bill nye we're all very british vampires and there's a there's a serious colonial narrative running through underworld michael where vampires are very much the british empire and <laughs> werewolves are very much the slaves that they've you know bred to be submissive and you know they've watered down the werewolf gene so that they're still strong and they're good laborers but they're nothing like the werewolves of of old but then they're not were... having it anymore ben because here comes tony blair and he's a werewolf and he's had enough of it here comes bloody tony blair michael and he's like nah no thanks lads no thanks should we um, uh, should we point out that it's michael sheen and he played tony blair or is that is that clear enough bloody michael sheen yeah he's a vampire no he werewolf. loads of those films yeah yeah he's all sorts of werewolves loads of them yeah he's all sorts of werewolves he's any werewolf you he want did a stri- he did a straight-to-DVD one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Underworld. No, I don't think that was straight-to-DVD. Underworld Origins, is that what it's called? I'm not with, sure. With Rona Mitra, that one? I, saw, I definitely saw that in the cinema, Ben. I can guarantee okay, you that. fair enough. Benjamin. Yeah. Little side note about Underworld yeah. and werewolves. Do you know that Underworld and werewolves, Ben, invented the running super-fast technology that Marvel used for Captain America and Black Panther and Bucky and all of, the, did not know that. All of their all of their running very fast characters? That that technology was invented to have Michael Sheen chasing the car that um, Kate Beckinsale is driving in Underworld. They they basically Ben tow 
80 foot of carpet behind the car and Michael Sheen is running along the carpet and the, the car is pulling the carpet so he's he's able to catch up. That's insane. Yeah, it's one of the best special effects of all time. Comes from Underworld. There you go. Mm. There you go. Werewolves just shaping the narrative. Yeah, yeah. God knows when. The other one, Ben, where, where, where it's that is very much Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the same plot. It's the big threat to Dracula, isn't it? The mm. werewolf is the only thing that can take Dracula on. And yeah. if he doesn't have a, a wolfman on a chain, then what use is it to anybody? Exactly. Yeah, because uh, it's going to it's gonna kill everybody, Michael. That's yeah, what they're it does. It's uncontrolled, uncontrolled beasts. Yeah, uncontrollable beasts. So that narrative shifts in a completely opposite direction from the 1970s onwards, Michael. We start to get the werewolf with consciousness the werewolf who knows who they are the werewolf that gets to inhabit like a stronger form and mm. um, it's it's almost like a superpower yeah it transitions from a curse very much a curse and something that you don't want to you know oh, i'm just actually really strong and buff yeah i'm really strong and buff and hairy and some chicks are into it benjamin yeah like john john talbot in the dark stalkers video game yes i suppose yeah he's a wolf man he's doing all sorts of kicks He's got, he's got, a, he's got a flip. He's got a kick. He's doing flips um, and kicks. I mean, the ultimate, the ultimate death of the Wolfman, I think, in American culture, Michael, is Teen Wolf. Go on. Um, you know, with Michael J. Fox, I think that's the ultimate sanitizing of the werewolf myth, where he's just like, oh, "Look at me, guys. I'm still human shaped. I'm still a little human guy. I just got big furry bits on me. Hey, I'm like the um, Fonz, but I'm a wolf. Uh, but I'm a wolf. I'm wearing my Leatherman. Like, <laughs> that's definitely the the werewolf threat in a deer. Of, of American pop Oh, hey, I'm coming like, for you. Whoa, watch out. <laughs> it's like Colin Farrell in The Batman. I've got a W uh, on my chest. Just up here because I'm part of the team. <laughs> Go Wolverines. So it's interesting that you bring that up, Michael, because part of the team becomes one of the kind of key characteristics then. And it, it goes from the lone wolf trope of the savage werewolf to pack uh, mm. mentality in a lot of films and things like that werewolves run as a pack or as a group um and it's like membership as opposed to any great advantage um and you can control being a werewolf and it's not very exciting michael so i've watched in order to explore this a little bit further i've watched two films two films week, michael that's unusual two ben. whole films I don't normally watch films, no. Michael, as you know. <laughs> you don't uh, usually. Despite having, a, uh, despite having a pop culture podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one I watched, Michael, is Werewolves Within. And Werewolves Within was released in 2020. 2021, um, I thought. And it's, uh, oh, was it 2021? I okay. thought it might have been. Um, Hold on, I'll look it up for you while you talk. And what I didn't realize, Michael, is it's based on a video game. Oh. Um, by Ubisoft, or Ubisoft. I never know how to say that. Well, one. maybe Ubisoft, and, but I don't be. And oh, Jesus! Ah, very good. And then that video game, in turn, is based on the the famous kind of group game Werewolf, um, which is where you and your friends sit in a circle, and everybody gets a special card, and you're a villager or a doctor or a werewolf, and it's daytime, nighttime, and the werewolves choose victims, and you have to figure out. So it's a murder mystery, Michael. It's basically Knives Out, um, with the werewolf. Isn't it's that so... one of the best uses of werewolves? I think so. Is the enemy within? Um, and it's the sheer one of the things that that film does very well is that it's sheer savagery um, this werewolf isn't messing around you know what I mean you're not getting thrown through a wall by this werewolf you're getting eaten like you're losing your hand mm. or you're losing your, your head or your intestines or like this werewolf's no joke he's coming to get you no Ben joke. he's going to bite bits you off he's coming to get you um, and one of the best things about this Michael is um, that it's very much a murder mystery, a whodunit, uh, who is the werewolf. Is there a werewolf? Is it? Is it not just someone pretending to be a serial, you know, a bit to be a werewolf? What's What's going on? And that's the crux of this one, Michael, and it's so entertaining. It's a truly entertaining film. It's got weird humor. It's almost a comedy in its entirety. It's It's got, like, weird comedic timing, but it is just knives out mm. with the werewolf. Ben. In, yeah. It's written and directed by a person called Mishnah Wolf. Which is very useful. Yeah. I, do you reckon that sometimes she goes, I'm assuming it's she, do you think that she sometimes goes to meetings of uh, people who directed films or movies or events who has a name that's comically too close to it to be taken seriously? 
and there's her, yeah, like she, Johan Scream. She's sitting like there. Johan Scream yeah, Johan Scream is there. You've got Mark Webb from The Amazing Spider-Man. You've got uh, you've got Lord Edward Peel from The Potato Famine. And they're all sitting around going, oh, what have we got ourselves in for? We're a bit on the nose, aren't we're we? A bit on the nose. <laughs> oop, 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 oop. And then Lord on the nose says, I take offense yeah, to that. Uh, he's moderating. Um, Benjamin. Yes. It's interesting you've said that because I've watched a 2020 film. And it's kind of a it's a modern reinterpretation of the of the werewolf myth, and it takes it back mm-hmm. to the origins of the werewolf, where the werewolf in the film is just this bestial creature that's killing people yeah. once a month at full moons. But it's an oddly directed kind of quirky independent film with hints of comedy. It is. You see what I'm saying, Ben? Yeah, it is. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, that's, that's what that's the tone. That's what werewolves are from now. Ben, I watched uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow by Jim Cummins. I enjoyed the fuck out of it, Mick. I watched it too, and I I thought it was weird as fuck, but great. Benjamin, do you know who Jim Cummins is? He is basically Reddit. He's from Reddit. Is he? He's from Reddit. He's a Reddit man, and okay, he's a Reddit man made good. And I tell oh, you what, good. Ben, I watched this film the other day, and I sat the whole way through it, loving every minute of it. And I thought to myself, if I had seen this when I was sixteen, this film would have changed the direction of my life. Yeah, because I would have wanted to be a film director, actor, if I had seen that when I was sixteen. It's, do you know what? It's a truly unique film as well. I don't think I've ever seen a werewolf (laughs) handled in quite the same way. Like the setup is very similar to what we've seen. You know, young couple, cabin in the woods. Yeah. Um. You know, and we we think we're in for the standard um, (laughs) werewolf story. And then we get Jim Cummings. He's, he's just mental. He's a very strange man, isn't he? He's, I mean, he's a very strange man. It really isn't actually about werewolves at all, is it? It's about a very strange no. man trying to deal with his father. Really, he's unraveling. Yeah, it's it's about the the, the decline of one man. There, um, there is a little aside right at the beginning of the film, Ben, where where Jim Cummings' character, um, he's the deputy sheriff, and he's at an AA meeting, and. Uh, he, he he describes how he's having trouble with his ex-wife and someone off screen lets out the slightest titter and Jim Cummings just kind of laughs and says, you've met her. And that just, <laughs> that just tickled my wickle so much that they had me for the whole it's... rest of the film. He delivered it so beautifully and it just, it's a... <laughs> it all feels so off the cuff, but it's, it's spot on excellent. He he plays it with such a wonderful. See, the, the the great thing about the the Wolf of Snow Hollow is it is that primal beast. Mm. It's it's the classic. What the fuck do we do with this animal mm. that's clearly stronger than anything going, and it's just so savage. Like it's it's a real confrontation of savagery, and um, and it's fun to watch the other themes of the werewolf, which is the loss of control and you know anger and aggression coming out you know the primal beast of man coming out but we get to see that in jim cummings as his life unravels mm. throughout the film because he's an alcoholic and he's a recovering alcoholic and his dad just won't step down from a job that's clearly not good for him mm. and he's not able for and his ex-wife is the worst <laughs> she's the worst she's, she's only in one she's scene but worst. she's the worst benjamin unfortunately it starts it also stars robert forster who, Forster, Forster, who you, who you know from playing grizzled detectives and yeah, and small small town sheriffs, and he sadly died shortly afterwards. Did he? Yeah, was that his last film? It was his last ever film? He died about two weeks after production, I think. Oh, that's very awful. very sad, very awful. Adds another wrinkle to it. That's awful. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I mean, so I think one of the things that we can do between these two films, Michael, and we'll go into full spoilers here because it's important for the thing is the werewolf reveal. Um, we get little glimpses of the werewolf in Wolf of Snow Hollow, but we don't get the werewolf until the final scene in um, Werewolves Within. Within. And the joy of witnessing the werewolf in Wolf of Snow Hollow versus the disappointment of witnessing the one in Werewolves Within I cannot describe to you the the irritation that I felt towards the werewolf in Werewolves Within. So, at the very beginning of Werewolves Within, go on, Michael, go on, um, go on. Our main character, the new forest ranger, mm-hmm. meets the new postwoman. 
Yes. For the town. Yes. And it turns out that this new postwoman, who's a love interest and all the other things, is the werewolf. Oh, classic. But she's just, she's a clever werewolf. She's just a serial killer. She has she has her full wits in wolf form and in and she can transform on a whim whenever she feels like it. And uh, it's so disappointing because she goes from, the werewolf goes from this big terrifying thing that's taking people out one by one and, you know, to, oh yeah, I just hate people and I like to eat them and I'm a clever werewolf and you're a dope. And mm-hmm. she, she turns into this really weird kind of snarky werewolf thing and it takes all the threat out of her. Oh, what a shame. She's just like, because she's just a little lady. Yeah, you can probably beat her up. She's just a little lady in, in fur. And you can grapple with her then all of a sudden. Mm. But earlier in the film, she's this quicker than lightning force of nature that, you know, can wipe anybody out and catch anybody off guard. And they do so much building of that terror. And then it's just her. And you're like, oh, what a damn squib. Right, right, right. But is she a werewolf then? She's a werewolf. Yeah, oh, she, she's she's a serial killer. But when I say she's just a serial killer, that's all she is, Michael, because she's not a beast. Mm. Um, she's slightly stronger and slightly faster than your average human, and she can do a jump. Yeah, she's like Rain from the New Mutants. Yeah, exactly. Perfect, perfect example. But she loses all her terror because she's making weird quips. Ah, no. What you want is American werewolf in Paris, Ben. What you want is American werewolf in Paris, Michael. Some uncontrollable force. Mm. That even if you do figure it out, you're still in the shit, Michael. Yeah, because knowing who the werewolf is, still it's still a werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> knowing is only half the battle, as G.I. Joe used th- to say. Knowing is only... Absolutely, that's definitely the message that, <laughs> that we want to say. But that's it, Michael. And you, you're literally defanging your werewolf. And you'll excuse the awful pun there. Um, but you're defanging your werewolf when, you, when they're just a snarky human who eats people mm. it's just like oh mm. okay um, and I think that's where that decline comes in Michael and we you know I think that's we've called you know the fundamental question of this episode was where have all the good wolves gone and I think that's it I think werewolves have become a big gruff sexy boy sexy symbol mm. yeah and like it, there's a there's a Netflix series on uh, sorry there's a series on Netflix and it's called The Order and it's about sexy wolves versus witches oh. but the, the wolves are all sexy people oh. that can transform on a whim and they're all intelligent and uh, it's just not great they're not really werewolves are they Ben they're not really they're just big sexy fluffy boys Ben yeah did you know that the old English word for man was were I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And the old English word for woman was whiff. So, uh, werewolf? No, were-ma- werewolf. That's where it comes from. Man-wolf. Werewolf. werewolf. It's a man-wolf. It's a man-wolf. He's man a werewolf. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. Um So, what we get, Michael, then, in, in The Wolf of Snow Hollow is a proper werewolf. Except we don't. Except we don't. What a twist! <laughs> yeah. But, funnily it's enough, really that, that twist wasn't at all upsetting. No, because it's still true to the the werewolf mythology concept. Yeah, yeah, totally, that does, totally fine with it. A little bit Scooby Doo. It's it's a lot Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's it's a lot Scooby Doo. But totally worth but we're it. We're okay with it. Yeah, totally. We, worth we probably it. won't spoil it, Michael. We probably won't spoil it. Well, that's, we just that's have only a minor spoiler. No, we just have it's still, ah, it's still worth watching though. It's still very still much worth, worth watching. watching yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just such an interesting contrast between those two werewolf myths, and I think we've lost that big scary werewolf you know origin mm. and the, the the fundamental thing and i think it makes movies a bit weaker yeah you have kind of a, a sexy werewolves just aren't any good yeah get out of here benicio del toro get out of here benicio even he was a proper wolf to a degree though yeah because he was like you know he was fucking people up but like twilight michael Twi- i've never heard of it You've never heard of it? Never heard of it, never seen it. I'm just going to ignore that one. Never heard of it, never seen it. Sexy werewolves are such a thing. Like Teen Wolf is a a series that they've made for the CW and it's just sexy werewolves. Everybody's sexy werewolves. Everybody's sexy werewolves or sexy vampires or sexy witches or sexy warlocks or sexy hypocrites or sexy mermaids. Same in True Blood. Um, Bloody, they're all sexy werewolves. Everyone's sexy werewolves. Yeah, John Magliano. 
Yeah. Joe Magliano, <laughs> yeah. Our mate. Joe Magliano. And you're just like, ah, oh, oh, we've lost something here. Everybody's all sexy werewolves. Ben, do you prefer a werewolf that turns into a big man wolf or do you prefer a werewolf that turns into a wolf? I like a big man wolf. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I like a big man. I think, you know, one of the one of the cool interpretations of it i think came in harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban michael where we got to see remus lupin and he was just this weird gnarled very dangerous kind of werewolf thing and he's not really a traditional werewolf because he's not a big buff boy Mm. in humanoid form and he's not a big wolf he's a kind of an in-between creature he's a weird gnarly like yeah well wolves aren't that big ben yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. Makes sense. I, I like a big wolfy boy. What about yourself? Michael? Yeah, I like a big wolfy boy. I'm always very disappointed when werewolves just turn into a little wolf. It's no good. Nah. They, do, they always do it on TV series as well, where it's like a wolf with like amber eyes or something. And it's like, oh, there's the werewolf. Oh, here he there comes. Because Ben, like one wolf, not much threat to a human. A single wolf. Not much threat to you, maybe. I don't no, know. well, I yeah, I mean, well. a child, a small child or an elderly person, maybe. But just, it's not in their nature. Wolves don't like head-on confrontation. Wolves are, wolves are pack hunters and opportunists. They're not, one wolf isn't going to come up and savage you in the middle of the night. One wolf is going to stay away because you're bigger than it. Yes. So I like a big spooky werewolf man. Like, uh, you can't beat American werewolf in, in London, Ben. You can't beat it. It's, you can't. It's, it's still the it's, best one. It's still the best one, and the transformation scene is still disturbing and harrowing to this day. Mm, very gross and horrible. Very gross and horrible, Michael. But it's so good. And then we got American Werewolf in Paris, which wasn't as good. Not as good. Uh, with Juliette Binoche. Not as good. With Juliette Binoche. Um, but anyway, come here to me, Michael. Come All here right, to me. Right, go on. Come here to me. Yeah. If you wanted to get in touch with this podcast, you could do so in a bunch of different ways. Could I, Ben, could I just go out nude on a moonlit night and go, Yeah, and the two of us would probably go, Back to you. That's probably what would happen. <laughs> That's the yeah. best way to get in touch with us. Well, actually, the best way to get in touch with us is get up on that Discord, baby. Very good. But if you don't feel like uh, <laughs> giving yourself into the curse of the moon, Michael, um, you can probably also head over to Instagram and take a look at us at Sure Look, Sure Listen Podcast. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomreview.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. You mean starting room in Irish. Our outro is so messy today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've done this in completely the opposite way than normal, Ben. You've thrown us both and off. And then... If you really want to jump on, you can find us on Twitter at ListenSure. And then finally, as we just said, the Discord. Hop up on it. The Discord. That's where we need to go. Um, If you've been enjoying our Spooktober, ladies and gentlemen, we'd love you to get in touch with us and let us know how it's going. Um, Let us know your favorite werewolves in pop culture. Which ones do you think exemplify big, scary, primal beast werewolves? And Mm. which ones do you think are just just Abercrombie and Fitch models with a bit of extra body hair? Little fluffy boys. Little fluffy boys. Um, if you haven't had enough of Spooktober yet, ladies and gentlemen, you want to hear one more spooky intro, you can join us next week for our final episode in our Spooktober series, which is Reclaiming the Witch. How Ooh. the witch is being rebranded in modern narratives from evil crone, evil, 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 to, oh, it's just a misunderstood woman. Mm. Um, so we're going to have a look at that next week. It's going to be great. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Oh, that's Wolf for see you later. Ha <laughs> ha